From Creative Force, I'm Daniel Jester, and this is the e-commerce content creation podcast. Joining me on the podcast today is Karen Williams of Black Visual Queen, which is both her brand and a title, given her 10 years of experience as art director, producer, editor, and curator at companies like Masterclass, Barron's, and Netflix. Recently, Karen posted some advice on LinkedIn to help photographers more effectively showcase themselves to creative directors and producers seeking out talent for their next project. We already had time booked with Karen, but had to change topics shortly before our recording session, and I thought it would be helpful for photographers in our audience to go a little bit more in-depth on some of that advice as a topic instead. Know who you are. I think there's a lot of photographers go into photography like, I'm going to shoot everything and be everything to everyone. No. Know what you're passionate about. Stick to that because, you know, on my side, I'm looking for someone with a unique perspective, not someone who's copycatting someone else's work. I want your vision, your voice. Before we go deeper on this topic with Karen, we need your help. Creative Force has partnered with Pixels and Profoto to find the top professionals in our industry today. Do you know someone who brings their passion for creativity and incredible content to the studio every day? Someone innovative and forward thinking? Nominate that person to be selected as one of the top 30 e-commerce photo studio professionals 2023. It's just a handful of questions that takes about five minutes to fill out. The submissions will be reviewed by a panel of jurors from all over the industry, and it's a great opportunity to highlight the people you love to work with. So check the show notes for a link. If you're driving, jogging, or otherwise busy, ask Siri to remind you to come back to it later. It will be so cool to hear some stories about our amazing colleagues. Let's get back to this episode with Karen Williams and talk about portfolios. This is the e-commerce content creation podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Jester, here with Karen Williams, visual creative director and black visual queen. Karen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me again. It's a pleasure. I love what you do. A little behind the kind of a story about, you know, Black Visual Queen. I, at first, well, I am a Black Visual Queen, um, being in this industry for 10 years. So, absolutely. Also, though, it's a new brand that part of the reason we're having this conversation today is because you recently put this out there. Exactly. This kind of my mission is to, you know, bring more diversity and more voices to the world itself and to brands and to editorial and to small businesses that, you know, it's always nice to see yourself represented, no matter who you are. So, Absolutely. so excited. Incidentally, we were originally booked for this recording session to have you and Jessica Lopez on to talk specifically about continue the conversations about diversity mm-hmm. that I started independently with you and Jessica, and then you two came together to continue at the Flow event in LA, and we were going to come full circle again and have both of you on the podcast together. Jessica couldn't make it for this recording, so we decided to pivot because you had posted this post on LinkedIn, sort of a kickoff of the new brand on LinkedIn with a lot of great advice for photographers out there Mm -hmm. about how they can be thinking about presenting their portfolios or making their portfolios available, findable, and easy to digest for people like you who are looking for photographers. I thought it would be cool to just have a little bit more in-depth of a conversation about that. Karen, personally, from your perspective, when you're approaching a project, you've been contracted as the producer or maybe the photo editor. Maybe you're looking Mm -hmm. for work that already exists. What is your approach when you are working on a new project? 
So my approach is, and when I'm looking specifically for photographers, first, I'm like working with whoever the stakeholders are. It could be a client or it could be the creative director I'm working with. And sometimes they will have someone in mind specifically or a type. For example, if it's like a celebrity shoot, they're like, I want to work with either three photographers or one photographer. And so obviously, you know, my job is to, you know, make that happen. Or sometimes I work with like, you know, creative directors that maybe want to work with a specific type of photographer. Like I just want to work with these type of photographers who shot for this or has mm. done this. And so I'm working into that sandbox. But when I'm have the freedom to be able to, okay, for this project, this is what we're going for. And I can look for anyone who kind of falls in that, what, range of creativity we're looking for, then I, like I said, replied to in my post to your question, I am more of a seeker. So I will go out, you know, ask for recommendations from, you know, people in Facebook groups, you know, social media groups of other photo editors who's working and say, hey, I'm looking for a photographer in this location that shoots this give me who you got. And they'll mm. give kind of feedback of like, I love this person. I love this person, you know, and I'm adding to my list and seeing if they're going to work for this project. I'm also just doing research. It's looking on agencies, looking on socials, looking freaking in Pinterest. Mm. Other, you know, ways I find photographers is like, I make sure I'm keeping up of like, you know, art galleries and what's happening, you know, mm. in the pop culture, or it might be literally I'm walking down the street and I see an ad, a billboard. I'm like, Ooh, I love this photo. Let me do some research on who photographed it. So oh, it's one of my favorite it's things to no do. No magical way. And sometimes yeah. photographers will find me or like submit and I'll be like, and sometimes I'm not able to get, you know, directly in contact right away. But just to let photographers know that if, a, you know, editor doesn't get you to you right away, be patient because we yeah. usually have like 500 it, emails. But it's we're in your business. A tab. Yeah, right. It's your business to know mm -hmm. who's out there. And I think that like none of us like to be pushed around by somebody who's really pushy, but a mm -hmm. quick email of just like, hey, here's my portfolio in case mm -hmm. something comes up. You're keeping mental tabs on that. It's not that difficult to drop that into your bookmarks, right? Like drop exactly. that website, right? As Open long as you're not being super pushy and annoying right. and you're short and direct to the point. Yeah. I'll sometimes I'll reply and say thank you. And you know, if something comes along, I'll reach back out to you. But if yeah. you don't hear a response, just know that we've probably taken a mental note or book tabbed it. And when we get that perfect project that your work, you know, is like amazing and right for, we will reach out. Trust me, if we want to work with you, we will find you and reach out. Yeah. I want to ask you, do you if you let's say you're out there, you're seeking, it's it's mm -hmm. late at night, one night, and you're on, you're, you're opening tabs left and right looking mm -hmm. for new photographers. If you find somebody that you don't know firsthand, do you vet them a little bit? Do you try to look for if you know anybody in your network that has worked with them? I'm, I'm building up to something on mm -hmm. this topic, but I'm curious, like, do you just reach out and start a conversation and kind of gauge, like, take your own gut? Or do you reach out to other people and ask, like, or maybe you reach out to them first and then ask for references. Is that part of your process at all? Like, either engaging references on your own or asking outright? Um, no, not really. So unless I know if I'm, like, if I see the photographer and I know they've worked with someone I know, then I might reach out and be like, how were they? What okay. was the vibe and stuff? But if most it's of the time, I'm doing my job and like seeing what they're like photographed and seeing right. where else, yeah. you know, doing yeah. kind of my own research and then reaching out. 
Oh, yeah, like, oh, they tagged mm-hmm. on Instagram an art director that I know already and have a good relationship with, so mm-hmm. that's easy to reach out and ask. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. The reason that I'm asking is because one of the interesting tidbits in that conversation on LinkedIn mm-hmm. was about, you know, somebody had mentioned, like, the functional parts of SEO for getting your website discoverable, like, mm-hmm. by the algorithm. And I thought you made a really good point, which is that we are selling ourselves to people and not the algorithm. Mm-hmm. I will also add to that for my part that I don't think anybody has ever stumbled on my website and hired me for a job. It's almost always been through an existing relationship or connection. Mm-hmm. My website exists because I have to have some place for people to find. I'm, mm-hmm. In some ways, it's me claiming my own name on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. But I asked that because it occurred to me that while, yes, you want to see images, you want to know, is the work there, is the talent there? Mm-hmm. One of the things that's really critical to being successful as a photographer or any role on a collaborative, creative environment is being really good to work with. And so mm-hmm. I was trying to think, like, what could what could a photographer write or include about themselves? Maybe it's not written. Maybe it is visual content. But something to let you know to me that I might be someone who's like, if we don't know each other personally, that I might be somebody who's not only has the talent – but is good to work with. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to come with a huge ego or be a pain in the butt on set. That's a hard thing because I don't think that is, you can write that like, cause you can always fake like in your, you know, in your writing that, Hey, I'm a good guy or person. And and then you work with them and you're not really right. For me, that's <laughs> what it, the gut check <laughs> for me is when I talk to them, when I'm like reaching out and I have that kind of first initial conversation or right. I'm reaching out to people who may have worked with them. And that's why I always caution photographers, leave your bad day at work because just like you mm. talk about bad editors or bad, you know, you know, publications or companies that you had, you know, bad experiences with. Well, right. I've been on the, I'm on the other side where we as editors and people, we talk and, you know, there's lists circling, you know, people yeah, yeah. don't, you know, cause they were, this is what, how they yeah, acted. We, we all have the like list. That. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? We all have so the, yeah. For me, the gut check is always, you know, that first initial conversation, seeing how they follow up. Do they take forever? Are they prompt? Right. You know, it's those little things. Are they linked to meetings? You know, those are little things that you, you know, a photographer is like, you might think, oh, it's not a big deal, but totally. those are make or break. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And it's a little bit at the risk of going too negative, which is not on brand at all for this mm-hmm. podcast. It was always really amusing to me to move from studio to studio. And then, you know, largely if you're working with an agency. So when I was staffing for my Amazon studio, we, mm-hmm. we relied heavily on freelancers mm-hmm. and I had relationships with agencies, multiple agencies working for not just Amazon, but other studios that I worked with as well. And every single time I would bounce to a new studio, they would offer up this one particular photographer. And this was somebody that was on that list. They just mm-hmm. were not the right fit for the studio that I was running. Mm-hmm. And I just always felt bad for those agency reps because they have a responsibility to help this person get work. Mm-hmm. And like that particular photographer, you know, maybe they did have a bad day. But for me, mm-hmm. I never made that decision on one instance alone. It was the culmination mm-hmm. of a lot of facts and instances and a lot of feedback and how they made people feel on set. Mm-hmm. And so I just, it was always kind of interesting to me to think like the agencies are trying to find this person work, but they're not making it easy <laughs> for their agency <laughs> partners to do that. And yeah, and like I said, when I'm like kind of evaluating it again, I'm not taking this off of like, oh, one bad interaction or something. It's just a lot of little things where it's like, okay, this is costing me time and money, you know, where I need to be able to be on budget and stuff like that. That really comes into play, especially if it's affecting budget. But I always just tell photographers, you know, you stay humble, 
No task is too small. Even I, like as a producer, I will hold a reflector. I will give, what do you need me to do to help you get your job done? You know what I mean? Like, I want to make sure you're successful on this. Yeah, I often, as director of creative production at Conveyor, mm-hmm. found that the best place for me to be when we were in a heavy production was cleaning up trash, just walking around picking just up trash and like, tidying you, up. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, what do you need you to do? Like, I'm not. I just want to make sure the production, that as my job, go yeah. smoothly as possible. So it's like, if you need to pick up trash, I will do that. If you need me to do a, a food run, what do you need me to do? Yeah, I think like going, you know, thinking about our industry and thinking about how we work together and the dynamic when we've built a really good team, Mm -hmm. a lot of it boils down to trust, right? And Mm -hmm. I've been... I've been going through my old notebooks that I used to carry around 2015, 2016 at Amazon and a few other places that I'd worked around there. And at one, I came across a page that I had written down. And I think I remember that it was Terrence Mahone that said this to me, that just doing your job builds a lot of trust with your coworkers. Just do your job. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've always considered myself that my job is to be wherever I can be the most useful in any production if I'm not the one shooting it or if mm-hmm. I'm, you know, if I'm in more of a management capacity. But yeah, it's a huge part of our industry and a huge part of us working together and feeling like we can get a lot of work done because we don't have time to sort out trust issues on the day of production. We have to get down to business. So I wanted to ask you, Karen, because I've thought quite a bit about this when I've staffed for myself. Mm -hmm. What's the mix for you of finding new talent and bringing them on for new jobs versus going to people that you've worked with before that you know can get the job done? Because you always need to be building your roster. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes there's a strategic uh, way that we approach like, which projects can I introduce a new person to, to see how they do that there's low risk of failure? I think overall, my philosophy is like, I always want to, you know, work with new people all the time, but I know that's Mm. not realistic. And for me, it's like a mixture. I guess it's kind of like, I would say maybe it's more of a 60, 40 split of 60, maybe using people we've used before versus, you know, 40% because it's like bringing in a new photographer, Versus a photographer you've worked with before where they know the shorthand. Mm. Like, you know, you know know the shorthand. I don't got to explain anything. Like, here's a move for You've done it. But then bringing in a new photographer, it's like, I want to work with new people. And then some people have, you know, don't have patience because you have to now go the long hand because they don't know the shorthand. So it's like, but I love that challenge because then it's like making me evaluate, okay, this is someone new. Does this make sense? What we do, the process makes sense. Do we need to evolve it? Because when you, and again, it's part of your experience, you've done something for a very long time. And so something that might be like, oh, this, we should change it, but you just get used to it and you just do it anyway without like, oh, I don't need to change it. I just, this is my workaround versus someone coming in new with fresh eyes and like, hey, this would be more efficient if we did this and this. And you're like, oh, maybe we should now change this because now all these newer people who are like, are noticing that where if you've just done it forever and you just like, I, I can deal with it. Right. You know, so that's why it is always good to have a healthy mixture of like newer photographers. So you just have, you know, fresh perspectives, but there's no harm of always wanting to continue to have someone grow. Like if you started with them brand new and then now they keep raising and elevating their work and stuff like that, I feel like you you can do that and have the best of both worlds. Absolutely. I think you make a great point too about there's a lot to be said for getting up to speed Mm -hmm. technically on the projects that you're working on and also like the fluency and speaking the language. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it a ton on this podcast about how important it is to make sure that you speak the language of your close collaborators on projects. And that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, that's, that's more of a function of, like you said, like teams develop their own shorthand and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But it also reminded me of some of my favorite sort of 
bursts of serotonin, I think it would be. So, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean. Like, what's he talking about? That moment where you've got a shoot day coming up and mm-hmm. your Digitech drops out. This is an explicit thing that happened to me. My Digitech had an emergency. Mm-hmm. They couldn't make the shoot. I needed somebody. I went to my favorite, one of my favorite photographers to work with, Renee Weimer. And I said, mm-hmm. I'm in a real bind. Do you have anybody who can tech? And she offered me a couple of recommendations that it was like, I was still super nervous the day of production, like a lot rides on that Digitech role. And so the day of production was the first time I was meeting this person. That was the situation that we were in. That's how dire it was. But I trusted Renee and I knew Mm -hmm. we could get it. And the moment, the moment I talked to him, I was like, Renee hooked me up. And it was Mm -hmm. that burst of serotonin that we're going to be okay. Renee is trustworthy. She Mm -hmm. wouldn't recommend somebody who wasn't up to the task. And this person's going to slot right in easily. It's like, it's hard to understate how powerful that emotion, I guess the emotional aspect of trusting your team when that hits in the moment, it's so powerful and can go a long way towards making your production a success. Yeah, 100. And that's why, you know, as like on our side of like, you know, photo producers and editors, when we're looking for references, that's why a lot of jobs kind of come through a reference because you know, for me, if someone's asking for my recommendations, I'm going to make sure I'm recommending people, you know, I would trust and know that they're going to yeah. do a good job. But if I'm recommending a newer person, maybe I haven't worked with them, I can say they're newer and I just worked with them once, but I really had a good experience. Just yeah, to that let communication you know. part, yep. that little bit is huge. If you, because, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you want to help somebody and you don't mm-hmm. have the exact right fit for them, but you have, I do that too. I'm like, here's the deal. I don't have a deep relationship with this person, but I think Mm -hmm. they can help you out. You need to talk to them and do your own evaluation. I'm not vouching for them exactly, but here's a lead for you. It's a different, it's a little, it's a a lead and not a recommendation if you want to make that distinction. I have one more question for you, Karen, that I want to just spend a few seconds on. Mm -hmm. And then I want to spend the last few minutes of the episode doing something kind of fun. So the last one I have for you is it's a really weird time to be a young photographer. Like, The work that photographers, like indie photographers, are doing on Instagram is insanely Mm -hmm. good. The general quality of the talent out there is insanely good. It can be super overwhelming to be a young photographer. Not to mention, we don't know still how some of these new technologies are going to impact the photography space, what jobs are going to be available in two or five years. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know for you what advice you have for that young photographer who's just trying to figure out how to make sense of the world and how to like cut through the noise. Okay, well, that is a great question. So I will try to give you a concise answer. I know it's a answer, meaty one. Yeah, I'll give you a couple I'm gonna give you a couple. It. I'm going to give a few points and then kind of go a little into them, and then okay. you know. So for me, I think the biggest points, and I can go into them, is like know who you are. I think there's mm. a lot of photographers go into photography like I'm going to shoot everything and be everything to everyone. No, know what you're passionate about. Stick to that. Because, you know, on my side, I'm looking for someone with a unique perspective, not someone who's copycatting someone else's work. I want Mm. your vision, your voice. Second, I would say is like, know that your website is a marketing tool. A lot of photographers I've talked to, they get very attached. And I always have to explain, it is a marketing tool. Mm. When I'm looking at it, I just want to know right away who you are, right off the bat. Mm. And make it that it's easy to navigate and it's easy to contact you and Mm. kind of like a bonus. Like I always tell like photographers, if you just have multiple ways for me to contact you, a lot of people rely on the forms. And I'm like, I was going to ask you this. It's an age old internet question, right? Do you just list an email or do you have a form? Because forms can feel like you have no idea where that's going to go. Honestly, email for me is the key. 
Um, yeah. If you have a phone number, I get it sometimes for female photographers that, you know, they get these weird from sure. males and stuff. Yeah, be but safe. have at least an email and a form. I mean, you don't have to have, I wouldn't just rely straight on the form unless you're going to check that every five minutes. Because, for right. example, working in the editorial, okay, I just got a story that dropped it and I need someone tomorrow. And yeah. most likely I'm emailing probably two to three photographers at a time. I'm pick and these are ones I want to work with. So it's like whoever mm. says yes. So if you have a right. form and you do not check that form right away and someone with an email, like, Oh, I just saw it two seconds ago. I can do it. Boom. They got the job. So I always tell photographers, like at least have an email with the form. So we have multiple ways to get you a few other things I would say is don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm. Okay. Like yeah. if you don't understand something, make sure you understand it and make sure everyone's right. on the same page. Know right. your worth. You know, I always say, you know, don't do, evaluate the cost ratio for with how much work is required for you. And I understand there's yeah. going to be some jobs where you feel like, okay, for example, I got a job, but like, it's not a good, you know, pay rate, day rate, but hey, it's Beyonce for the cover. Obviously right. that's going to be more value versus yeah. like, it's nobody and it's like in the back of the book and then stuff like that. But just know right. your worth, you know, stick to your guns and, you know, be willing to walk away if they're not going to meet you because you have, and then at the end of the day, you need to be able to survive. Yeah. I think that's a big one. I, I, I'm not sure since I've been a few years now with COVID like removed mm -hmm. from the world of young photographers, but mm -hmm. that was really, that's always been a really big pitfall of the young starting mm -hmm. out freelancer. If you're getting the opportunity to bid jobs that are really complex, mm -hmm. really take the time to think that through and be realistic. It doesn't do anybody any favors for you to underbid a job and then overwhelm yourself. You're, you, it's going to be hard to be successful in that job. And also, like you said, just to reiterate that the value proposition on a job for everybody mm -hmm. is different. Yeah. I know the common thinking out there is don't work for free, but I've worked for free a bunch of times strategically and it's really paid off. The Same. difference is Likewise. you need to be in. Yeah. You just need to be in control of it. Exactly. You do not work for free because somebody who could or should pay you asked you to, mm -hmm. you work for free because you're getting, you know that you're getting the value out of it. For free, I mean, for whatever rate yeah. makes sense, whether it's sometimes it's free, sometimes it's too low, sometimes whatever. Yeah. And that's why I was like, the ping off of that is, yeah, it's like, I always tell photographers, like, I'm not in your situation. And sometimes you got to take a job to take a job, but at least be in control and know that, mm. hey, I know what I'm getting myself into, you know, this, and I'm going to be able to right. cover whatever if it doesn't cover. But then yeah. I think the last thing is I, you know, want to stress uh, for people starting out is just be patient and to have fun. Because at the end of the yeah. day, yes, you do photography to job, but you don't want it to become such a drag that it become not become fun. And then it's like, okay, your passion yeah. just died. It really goes a long way to help figure out how to separate out the business side of being a photographer, especially a freelancer, mm -hmm. and making sure that you're showing up to set with the right energy. Exactly. Like, you don't need to drag. I mean, in some cases, you do need to drag your negotiations onto set if they, if you're getting kind of jerked around in ways that you don't like. But mm -hmm. if you're having a minor disagreement over some billing thing, that doesn't need to bleed onto set. You still need to have a successful shoot. So it's, it's exactly. helpful to kind of separate those two things out. Karen, I think that's great advice for young photographers. Mm -hmm. I'd like to spend the last couple of minutes. We're gonna make. We're gonna turn this into a lightning round. We're gonna do a little, something. I think, right. I think it might be a little bit fun. This All is right. an audio medium, so I don't know how it's gonna go over. There, <laughs> there's a visual element for you and I that that maybe we'll, we'll be able to share. Put the links in the description. So the links will can. be in the show notes for yeah. sure. Yeah. So we're gonna do sort of a lightning round. We have four websites. Okay. These are people who were involved in the conversation on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. They asked you explicitly to review their portfolios and you gave some 
light feedback on mm -hmm. LinkedIn, which I think was appropriate and fair mm -hmm. for your time and effort involved. So I'm going to share my screen really quick, and we're going to take a look at these. All right. I'm excited. So I've shared my screen with you, Karen, and the first photographer's website that we are taking a look at is Paula Watts Photography. And boy, what a start when you bring up this page. What a striking image. I can't think of a better shot to open up to. What is your thought on this? 100% um, agreed. I think I let her know that, like, this is the type of shot what excites me and it makes you intrigued of wanting to look more at her work. Yeah, absolutely. Just clicking into the beauty tab, there's a lot of exceptional beauty close-ups. Yes, beautiful. And, you know, if I'm being super hyper honest and being maybe too critical for the tone of this conversation, it's almost a bit of a letdown. I kind of wanted to mm. see more from that series from the opening shot, make it a little bit more of a journey. Right now, it is a bunch of exceptional beauty images, but they feel a little disconnected. Mm -hmm. I would have to agree with that. And I always suggest to photographers is that really evaluate how you're grouping images together. Like you want the best of the best in there, but make sure it makes totally sense that they're, you know, if you're opening with one awesome image, like this amazing image, people are kind of probably want to see that image as well. And like, for example, and the editorial where you have here is when you start having multiples of the same kind of setup and shoot, making sure to pare it down where you have mm. kind of like in the overview, those hits, and then give us the option like, oh, I can click in and you could just show the whole breadth of work. Right. Yeah. I think like specifically what you're saying, there's a trio of images that mm -hmm. are the first three across under editorial where mm -hmm. I think of these, the middle image and the one on the right, I think you pick one or the other of those. Exactly. I don't know that you really need both of those in there. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it would kind of continue on a theme of like du duplicates on here. But I mean, that all of that to say, Paula, this work is exceptional. Well, I will say, and what I like is like, I know what she does. Like I know who she is. She has sure. a defined kind of voice. Yeah. What do you think about the number of images? I'm inclined to show fewer, slightly fewer images than this, but I'm delighted that she doesn't way overdo it. Although the advertising section is a little bit longer, it looks like, and, but also it, still exceptional. I always tell photographers, because again, this is a preference because I've seen photographers, they show everything and I've seen right. they don't, sh and then some that are, are super hyper curated. I always say it's just make sure you feel like every one of your you know, images you show on there are hits because if you show too many and then it becomes like, okay, you did a good job on these few, but then there's a, you know, more of yeah. the, these are okay kind of looking, right. then it's like, it's questioning, putting into question of you're being consistent. Do I yeah. know you, you can really, deliver on? Yeah, ex exactly. You really run the risk of, of maybe it coming mm -hmm. across like you have some consistency problems. We're going to finish up with Paula. We're going to evaluate her contact page. So she's got general inquiries, which includes an email, yep. a phone number, an Instagram, and a LinkedIn, commercial bookings and mm -hmm. inquiries, which includes the, the management team and the contact there, mm -hmm. and a contact form. So I'm going to give this one a 10 out of 10 A plus on contact. This is like, and again, this is going to be a personal preference because there's another photographer you're going to show um, that has an agency for me. And again, each editor is different in how they do. For me, I like reaching out to the photographer first. And sometimes photographers will be like, I want you just to go straight to my agent. You know, mm. yes, yes, but I always just like to make that connection with the photographer yeah. before we I'm going to be with agent. you on set. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But sometimes the photographers are like, I want just the agent to take care of it. But I just say there yeah. is a, you know, sometimes people like to just talk to the person who we're going to actually be creating this work with first. Yeah. Versus, yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. Okay. So that yep. was Paula Watts. Paula, excellent, excellent work. Very beautiful. We're going to move on now to RC Rivera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to reload the page because I just want to make sure that we're looking at the getting the right experience. So right off the bat, again, a plus opening image. Yep. This is a striking image of it looks to me. I want to I want to get back to it because it just changed. I don't know how to control the the image the the banner images are going through, but it was a great image mm-hmm. of what it, the the vibe that I got from it was it was something for like an editorial about the yep. repairability of an iPhone and it was a really beautiful still life. Like you'd see that on a BuzzFeed article or something like a BuzzFeed news article. The good mm-hmm. side of BuzzFeed or Rest Wired or something like that. Or wi- yeah, like, yeah. Wi- yeah, Wired something like that. Absolutely. Scrolling down on RC Rivera's stuff, it looks like what do we have here? These are grouped by project, it looks like. Mm-hmm. I have not looked at this website, by the way. I think, so Karen, you probably I have. have. I have a little peek on that. And yes, it's grouped by project. So for me, I think this is beautiful work. And overall, like I get a sense of who this photographer is right off the bat. From And this is just a personal preference. I would have liked it being more grouped of this is like the type of like still lifes or something or, you know, maybe athletics or sports or something like that versus project. So I can kind of from, and again, I always preface this is this my preference of just, it helps me to absorb and digest a little easier versus hopping around of, Oh, I do this and I do that. And you know, where it's like, for me, it's easier for me to be like, okay, I'm going into yeah. beauty now, or I'm going into still lifes now, or I'm going into portraiture now. So, you know, and stuff like that. I don't disagree. I'm okay with the project-based mm-hmm. groupings, but this was a little overwhelming for me, especially mm-hmm. I think the mix of motion and still for the projects. Like mm-hmm. even just an an extra layer of organization before we get into the projects might have been nice here. I did find that image that I loved at the opening and it's actually for like an, a phone investment thing. So I was way mm-hmm. off on of my interpretation, <laughs> but I did I think I had a good it's, theory it's based the on the few word, seconds like of I the said, image. It, you know, that's the good thing of like about his style stuff. You can see it in many different, different, you know, kind of publications or brands and stuff that love this type of like what he does. But I wanted to say, add a note to photographers as like why websites are also important is because when we're pitching, sometimes we're pitching the people who may not be, you know, in the know of visuals a lot, you know, or like, or in this world. And so they will look at a website. So if it's not looking on fleek, then they'll literally, even if I see, or like whoever's pitching sees that talent and sees, you know, they may be like averse and be like, oh, do we really, or let's go with this person. Right. Right. Based on looks alone, like not knowing, you know, so that's, I always emphasize it's a marketing tool. Yes, that's a great point. Some websites need to turn you into a champion of theirs and they need to give you the tools to pitch them to the decision maker, exactly. which I did I didn't mention it uh on Paula's website, but she mm-hmm. had the classic sort of PDF builder, which yep. is a great tool I think for mm-hmm. the person who needs to do that. Exactly. Let's go to the info section. I don't see a contact session on RC's website, so we're going to go to info where we do have contact information. It's kind of an all-in-one area, mm-hmm. a studio in San Francisco, and some contact information for the Philippines, email, phone number, and then there's some representation information here. Mm-hmm. And then you also have a client list, which is nice. I think it's nice to have an about section with some fun facts, which is, I think, kind of what I was alluding to earlier. Mm-hmm. Include something about your personality in the copy. It's like nowadays, I mean, honestly, with chat GPT, there really mm-hmm. isn't a reason that somebody couldn't workshop something that, that like, even if you're not really a writer, you couldn't come up with something that makes sense for that. So I'm going to give this one a nine out of 10, just because there's a lot of information here, but it still is an A plus. 
And I would say also on the lines of when you're saying giving a little personality, I always say bonus points to if you have personal work, because I always go straight when I see that to that personally, because it's nice to see what do you do outside of being hired. And so the last one we're going to look at really quickly, this photographer is (laughs) familiar to me and I happen to have inside knowledge that this photographer has not meaningfully updated their website in some time. But as long as I've got an art director on the line, I'm going to see what I can do. So my own personal website, which I am, would be lying if I said I'm happy with. I'm curious to know, photographers out there, are any of you happy with your websites? Because some of them look great to other people, but to us, I get sick of looking at my own. Well, I say right out of that, it's very organized, it's very clean, and it's very minimal. So that's yeah, what I so like I, about it. And it's very organized. And my career has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see there's a little bit of layers of progression here. I included the podcast page as the landing because largely that is my current body of work. Mm-hmm. I am still shooting occasionally, but not a lot. A lot of people know me now more for the podcast. And then I the next section is my COVID project that I kept busy with that I just thought should be organized as its own thing. Mm-hmm. And then I also occasionally offer prints for sale. So that's the reason for the next sort of section. Uh, the next project is one that I shot late last year after some unfortunate interactions with some people who think that other people that live with us on this earth shouldn't have mm-hmm. rights in certain ways. So that inspired me to to do a little art project around that. And now we're getting into my portfolio. <laughs> now we're getting into, I have still life and I have portraits basically and at one point, I considered these the best of my still life work. So, so and I, I appreciate that you separated out because that's like kind of how I like to digest. But I will say another thing how when I'm looking at websites and how I like evaluate work and stuff like that, if you have a social, so I went to your social, if you go to social, if your social is not matching your website, I'm like, well, why are you not putting this work on your website in your, in, right. you know what I mean? And, you know, yeah, for you, absolutely. when I went to yours, I was like, all about those still lifes of what you had of like with the flowers and all that. I was like, this is beautiful. Why am I not seeing more of this? But again, you explain podcast. That is your main jam right now. That is what you're passionate about. What? And so that made me think, okay, you know, to let photographers know, it's like the hierarchy of how you order things, you know, what's the first thing I always say preface, like when I'm looking as someone's looking at your website, a client, what is the first thing you want them to see? What are you most proud of? What do you want to shoot? That's what you want to highlight first. And so that's why I love how you organized your thing with you had your hierarchy and you explained it, like, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, that's kind of like the psychology that we're thinking about as well. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much for your time and for your insight. I had a lot of fun doing this, going over the portfolios with you. And I think the insights that you have for photographers, both veteran experienced Mm -hmm. and young and coming, uh, I think will be really valuable. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That's it for this episode of the e-commerce content creation podcast. Many thanks to our guest, Karen Williams, and thanks to you for listening. The show is produced by Creative Force, edited by Calvin Lance. Special thanks to my friend Ian and Sean O'Meara. I'm your host, Daniel Jester. Until next time, my friends. Mm-hmm.